welcome to yet another episode of the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. This is a show where I, Ellie, MD of Transition Partners and the CEO, Sandra, talk to some of the world's highest achieving business and tech leaders. In each episode, we will be sharing tales, tips, techniques and war stories in the hope that you will learn from some of these amazing leaders to help you develop and progress your career. Hello everyone and welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. So this week we've got the fabulous Toby Smith-Firth who is the new European IT Director at Mason Eye. Toby is a superb IT Director who has recently been awarded 18th place at the CIO 100s Awards this year. He's a seasoned IT leader and strategist with 30 years experience who has worked for some superb brands including Betty and Taylor's of Harrogate, Sainsbury's, Oracle and more. Toby actually came really highly recommended to me to be on our podcast by one of his lovely team members when he was at Betty's and for his empathetic leadership. This particular team member was going through a really tough time at work and he was saying what a superb role model and leader Toby was to him. So we're really excited to have him on the podcast today. He is also a board member for Fight Night, helping raise money for the fabulous Action for Children. So we can't wait to find out more about your story and your journey into leadership today. Hello, Toby. Hello, thanks for having me on the podcast. Very excited. Oh, we're very excited to have you on. And actually, it's so nice because you came recommended as a superb leader, which is, um, I mean, it's quite a compliment, isn't it? It certainly is. I'm very lucky. <laughs> well, we can't wait to discuss that. Obviously today. doing something right. So um, that's fantastic. And that's what this podcast is all about, is to um, share those learnings and your experiences as a, a leader um, in order to help others and, and give back to the community because um, it's it's one of those things isn't it we're not I don't think there's that many that are natural born leaders and we're always continuously learning um, and um, you know learning through life learning through you know life lessons and, and mistakes and things and, and how we overcome those so um, I know Ellie and I we find these really helpful for us and in our roles as well so I'm looking forward to this one and empathetic leadership's a, a, a big one for me as well um, so firstly um, I usually like to kick off these um, podcasts with um, setting a bit of setting the scene and um, giving the listeners and, and viewers a little bit of context and um, so if you could um, Toby just start by giving us all a bit of a, a background um, in terms of your journey how it all started um, how you got into leadership and, and kind of your journey to get to where you are today. Sure happy to do that um, and, and I was reflecting on this you know ahead of coming onto the podcast I'm thinking when did it all start really I guess you know my technology <laughs> journey started probably when I was about 10 or 11. My, um, my dad worked for BT all his life and they had a, a thing a bit like a library, but you could book out a computer for the weekend. So this is what, you know, way back when, because obviously I'm quite ancient. And um, and so he'd bring a computer home for the week and then I'd have a chance to plug in the cassette player and load a game or do some coding. So I, I think that sort of <laughs> lit, lit the spark for me. Um, and then I was lucky enough to get a job in, in, the, in my uh, holidays when I was about 16 mm. in, a, in an IT support function of a big publishing company. And um oh, wow. And there I was, you know, as a, as a, as a young lad, you know, uh, out there installing computers, helping fix things, you know, understanding how frustrating it is for people when it, when it, when it doesn't work. Um, and, and I think, you know, I, I carried on doing that through A-levels university before I got my first proper job. Um, but I think that's always stayed with me about mm -hmm. how important it is and what a difference you can make if you're in technology. 
yeah. uh, whether that's you know on the front line as, as uh, you know we, we have teams obviously doing that day in day out or or, or, or leadership roles um, and then you know I think from, from that starting point um, really I, I think my career has been in sort of three thirds um, because when I left university and started work I was very much in, in technology um, you know deeply technical roles you, you mentioned sort of working with Oracle and Unix and you know all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff um, and uh, you know in the run-up to year 2000 which you know, way back then was was going to be a big thing with planes falling out the sky and it wasn't that dramatic but there was a lot of upgrade work in in, in the run-up to that and I was lucky enough to be working with BP Oil um, so a massive you know global business um, and not only doing the deeply technical stuff but also a chance to travel so I was lucky enough to go to Singapore to New Zealand across Europe um, doing lots of, of stuff which is a, a, a chap in his 20s was was fabulous life experience um, <laughs> as well as you know doing the technology um, so I guess then moving into the sort of the middle part of the career, then I, I was on the other side of the table to, to where I find myself now. I was in the supplier consulting side. Um, so I, I was running a small consultancy with some fellow partners. Um, I then worked for a global consulting practice and uh, had the joy of experiencing um, that, that sort of blended delivery model of global consulting organizations with on-site and, and a big um, offshore uh, business. Um, but ultimately being responsible for, for delivering big programs of work. Um, and at the time, there were some of the biggest ones in, going on in Europe. So it was really exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think really led to that sort of final stage of that working with Sainsbury's that you, you talked about. I spent a chunk of time there working on one of their transformation programs um, and, and, you know, real scale. Their, their IT function, um, when I left there and moved to Betty's, was bigger than the whole of the, organ- you know, Betty's and Taylor's turnover. Um, so mm-hmm. there's some big stuff going on there. Um, and I think that transformation word is then what took me into, you know, the chunk of my career I'm in now. Um, it's really sort of gathering all of that information and experience together from from that journey of, you know, technical consulting, program delivery, um, and, and then putting that into a leadership and transformation context about how you can turn technology to really um, uh, achieve, the, you know, business outcomes is the, you know, the normal phrase, but way more than that, you know, actually. Um, changing people's lives and yeah. I'm really proud so the last the last work I was doing at Bessies and Taylor's was um, actually had, had the tagline of you know putting a smile on people's faces uh, so lovely how, how we were um, responding to clearly the, the, the COVID crisis but also mm-hmm. um, that hybrid way of working and, and how you collaborate differently when when you're not together mm-hmm. and, and that's that's really takes us up to now with uh, you know starting a new role um, at, at Masonite yeah, fantastic. Um, brilliant. And what size um, teams have you been responsible for leading? Sure. So um, the, the, the last team I had uh, sort of around uh, 40 um, okay. within that business. Um, but, you know, in, in previous organisations and programmes, then you, you, you're talking matrix teams, which are, you know, one, 200 sort of a, a size, really. Um, wow. I think actually it was one of those things about leadership. And I, I was talking to somebody recently about this. Um, about, uh, you know, it's quite traditional to think of the teams that you own um, when it comes to line management and direct report lines and, you know, how all that filters down. But actually, I, I, I've experienced way more, maybe because of consulting, that actually is, is far more hybrid and, and matrix. So you may not actually own the people, but you're still working with a large group of people and you still have to find a way to motivate and to lead um, across that environment, which is different to the uh, I'm your boss, I tell you type, you know, yeah. leadership. It's way more bringing people through that journey, uh, understanding their strengths and weaknesses and, and gathering that team um, to, to make the difference because you can't do it because you don't own them. 
yeah yeah no interesting so um how did you um sorry I'm going off a bit off piece here and um, how how did you when you first stepped into a leadership role um how did you feel about that how did kind of having that responsibility knowing that you were responsible directly for x number of people how did it make you feel like we you know was it quite daunting or were you fairly confident that you could be a good leader like I'd be quite interesting to because it will then bring me nicely on to my next question <laughs> okay um I suppose I, I ought to be honest right um <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know I I I have to work hard at being confident if I'm honest and um you know I, I've just explained sort of those career uh, moves and, I, and mm-hmm. I guess each of those sort of chunks represented quite a, a shift so you know back back when you were a techie and you, you know um I would say you're sort of uh, based around your knowledge power Mm, yeah. so, you know I'm an expert in whatever it was oracle you know databases or whatever and so I could go into a room with some very senior people but I'd know the stuff right so my power yeah. came from what I knew um yeah. and it doesn't matter how senior you are you know I enjoyed working with senior people a bit you know they can be challenging right um mm. uh, but I, I, I had that knowledge power and I think when I when I moved into consulting and program management I said do I do I know this stuff now you know and and because I've been on and self-trained on a prince course does that make me a an expert project manager no it's it's the learned experience right it's the failures you mentioned at the start have you not got asked me about too many of those (laughs) 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 um and and then again to answer your question to to move into a leadership position you know I have to say when I moved into Betty's and Taylor's that's my first IT director role and you know what experience could I claim of being an IT director but what I had got was was over 20 years experience of um, leading programs of leading transformation of uh, uh, technology and, and really the opportunity was to bring all that together and and to you know learn the trade if you like of a more senior leadership role and, and I think I've definitely developed you know over that time um, uh, to, to the position now but I think you, you said something earlier about rules learning and I'm really a, a proponent of that and you also mentioned the CIO awards which are um, it's very fortunate to see the team's work recognized in that but, you know, there's some fabulous um, interviews with uh, other members of that CIO 100. And, and, you know, I was there making notes like mad because uh, there was a fantastic lesson. Yeah, there's some fantastic people in that. Um, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, brilliant. So um, as Ellie mentioned earlier, you've been described um, by one of your team members as um, a real empathetic leader. Um, where do you think that um, would be interesting to understand, I guess, where that kind of stems from and, and tell us more about your leadership style? Sure. Um, it's a great question. So where does it stem <laughs> from? I, I mean, I've, um, I think along my, my career, I've, I've had feedback that I'm um, what, one of the things that maybe people are sometimes surprised about in the technology leader is, like, um, is around sort of emotional intelligence and being able to read the room mm-hmm. and you know, I think there's all, all, all sorts from probably you know childhood and background about um, about that in, you know in my, in my past just about um, really being able to listen and um, mm-hmm. put together and hear what's going on in, in, in the room so I, I think that's just a strength that I I have um, I think one of the things about a tech leader is how you can translate and um, simplify uh, and be able to explain complex things to people. So you sort of end up, I, I think, as a tech leader, you, you end up in a place of um, translating and uh, listening. 
and and that's just around the day job you know the functional life but I think that also then extends into where people are um, mm. and, and whether it's uh, where they are in their life what's going on for them uh, where are they in their career what are their motivations and being really curious about that because you, you you know you don't get the best from your team if you if you if you either don't have that aligned or aren't having honest conversations about that and uh, and I think this this you know last 12 months with 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 COVID is no doubt you, you talk to lots of people in your podcast and as you network with people this has been a year of that really being amplified mm. really having a window into the home as as you have today with all that goes with that right and, and I'm sure I'm sure in, in your world the same as mine um, back in March it was uh, gosh I, you know I'm, I'm, I'm on a zoom or a team's call um, and there shouldn't be an interruption um, and what happens if a pet or a child or a, you know whatever comes now it's like yeah whatever yeah you know, uh, come, you know come and give me a hug or oh sorry you know the doorbell's about to go as it may well do in, in this <laughs> podcast and, and we're way more relaxed but but also I think you know, to, to get back to your to your point I think even though I might claim I'm an empathetic leader just in this last year I've been way closer to um what's really going on for people I'm way more curious and you know the circumstances that you talked about in your intro Ellie um about you know what's going on for somebody in my team um is it you know I feel I, I, you should you should know about that uh, and, mm. and be connected to that and be supportive of that in any way that you can yeah well we certainly agree with that and I think like you say you've really gained a window over the past year into everyone's lives and I think we really need to take this as an opportunity this is how we need to um face leadership and approach it moving forward so I love everything you said there so it's fantastic having you on and hearing your story um I'd love to know a little bit more it's been a tough year and obviously last year with everything you were doing at Betty's and Taylor's it must have been actually there was some probably really exciting stuff going on like you said being able to put smiles on people's faces and help deliver the product so it must have been that must have helped g everyone up and keep everyone focused on their goals um but I think it has been tough and it's always really important for us if you can give us any tips around how you motivate your people and unite them through um times of change and particularly you start your new job mason and i talk us about i guess from the leadership perspective of like bringing everyone together and getting them focused towards goals and how you go around doing that oh okay i think there's maybe two parts in that you know one if you're reflecting on that um seismic change of our ways of working and you know I won't repeat the sort of stuff that every IT director or you know functional head in this space will have said about the momentous shift to home working and you know all, all of that in those sort of frantic first few weeks um but but I, I think that you know it has you know irrevocably if I could say it changed um how are we going to work for the future and and you know starting this new role and being curious about that, you know, what, what is that, you know, as we um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, c- come out of the, the, the worst of it and have, you know, a different relationship with work. So, you know, in terms of motivating people, you know, one of the things we were uh, doing a survey on some months ago was, you know, what do people want for the future? What, what is flexible working? And, you know, I think uh, I used to claim, you know, a year ago, I, I think um, the IT team at Susan Taylor's embraced some informal flexible working, but, you know, really we're talking about a day away from home, uh, flexing start and end times you know compressing some hours and you know we did stuff beyond that as well but it, you know it really wasn't you know where we moved it into mm. but suddenly everybody working from home um and, and that's a different world right and I think we're still wrestling with what that new normal looks like mm. um but one of the things that certainly um you know has fed back from the team has been about trust um and you know I think lots of leaders probably you know held that question of trust 
You know, uh, are we okay with people working from home? Is that really going to work? How, and I think it was a how did it work, but clearly that just got debunked within a very short time because it just had to work. Um, but actually about trust. So motivation, a lot of my team are really motivated by that change in, in work-life balance um, and seeing the kids for breakfast and, and, and still being there, you know, at uh, bedtime. You know, I used to get home uh, after an hour or more's drive from Harrogate, um, just about seven o'clock in time for, you know, my youngest to, to go to bed. Um, and, and now I, I you know, I, I'm uh, finishing work and, and part of the maelstrom of the family, um, you, you know, to, to enjoy that for better or for worse. Um, so, so the question there was about motivation, but I think a lot of that stems in that, um, uh, how are you? And, 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 and having that balance, we've, we've taught work-life balance for years, but this has mm. been a, a real game changer. And then, you know, that's more about the, the person in it and, and how they're operating and, and having a different relationship with work which is motivating in itself, um, not the drag of the five-day-a-week commute. But then in, in terms of you know, leading a, a team, um, I, I think there's, there's really a bit around what's the vision, you know, where are we going, where are we headed, um, and how you bring people into that vision. And it, and it can be a challenge because you know, you, you've got people whose daily existence won't, won't feel like where the business strategy is. They're firefighting, they're on the front line. Um, whether that's you know, the front line of making doors or um, as it was making uh, tea and coffee and, and cakes, or it's the front line of IT technique, you know, services where things are breaking and you've, you've got to go out and fix them, right? Um, but we've worked really hard. Uh, I've worked with teams and, and with the new team developing that vision. So what is it we're here to do and, and to make a difference? Um, and then I think that sort of leads me onto the values of a business as well. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's way past the days when, you know, corporate social responsibility was a CSR tab on the NDO website. Um, mm. You know, it, it, I think it matters way more to people about what are the values of the, of the company and how does that snuck up with what's going on for us in society. So, you know, whether it's plastics or whether it's um, conditions around the world for, for, for um, poorer parts of the world where you source materials from, what's your really ethical, moral values and standpoint as a business? Yeah. And I know that that is absolutely factoring into recruitment, as I'm sure you, you see uh, every day, that people want yeah. to know more about the business and what do you stand for? Mm-hmm. And, and the sort of people in my team uh, that I've had, um, that it's not a tick box, this, that, that, you know, they care about that. So, okay. you, you know, I think if you bring those things together, how is somebody in the work that they do, you know, how are we operating in a new way, uh, in a new hybrid way of working? Um, with the vision of the business and, and how their job makes a difference. You know, the, the NASA thing, right, of the, the janitor sweeping the floor and what do you do? I, I put a man on the moon. You know, it's a well-worn mm. cliche, but I think it, it's true. Yeah. People want to be able to make that connection, whether it's the beautiful products that you make or the difference that you make in, in you know, in people's lives. That's fantastic. You mentioned then about the recruitment piece, and obviously when you're interviewing people nowadays, they are really, I guess, focused on all aspects of the business. Um, but I think it'd be good. It's always a challenge. A lot of our listeners are um, scale-ups and startups, and they are going to be doing a lot of hiring. So is, have you got any top tips around attracting and retaining talent? Gosh, um, yeah. Um, if, if I had all the answers right, I'd be, I'd be rich man with I, um, I mean, one of the more, more mundane factors is sort of where you are. So you know, when I was based in Harrogate, you know, there was mm. some reality of the pool you're fishing in. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it is and, tough around Harrogate, isn't it? Because you've got all the traffic to compete with. I mean, we haven't done much recruitment over that way. No. But yeah, I can imagine it's so, you know, you've got the pull of leads and you, you, you know, you've got various things. But I, I guess, you know, it stems on from that, that bit around where people are at. You know, I, I've mm. certainly found, you know, getting to know your your market that you're, you're seeking to um, select from. Obviously, there's been a 
a shift around you know much more flexible dynamic you know more remote working and as we just discussed mm-hmm. but we're talking like you know normally traditionally then um i i found we've we've really succeeded in 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 attracting talent who are maybe in a different stage of their career so i've i've hired some really fantastic people who've done all that travel like i did um yeah. who, who who've done all that stuff of you know um you know suitcases and long days and massive commutes and actually uh, want to be um home by you know uh, five six o'clock and on the golf course or um with the kids or the family and, and just have a different quality of life and that doesn't detract from the value they deliver uh if anything you know that they're bringing it in space and they could be in a bigger role um but they're they're, they're taking sort of that balance so so that's something around you know attracting i think there's always in tech um sort of a, a, a pipeline you know, I started in service desk and, you know, uh, moved, moved up to, you know, senior roles. And I, and I still see that as an engine room in IT uh, of getting people in uh, young, keen, eager, uh, energy, mm-hmm. passion for, you know, getting under the floors and doing all that stuff um, and then developing them. And one of the things I really like about, you know, retaining, as you talked about, is that development of people. And uh, I've had some great successes with people who started right at that front line. And then have moved up to all sorts of different roles, whether that's web development or it's testing or it's program delivery or or then grown into other roles and, and left the organization I'm in because, you know, I've, I've not been able to always service every need of, of people's careers. Um, but that's a great outcome still, isn't it? Right. To see people develop and move on to their next uh, next upward steps. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I think like you talk about your first line support and progressing, but all of those skills that you have in first line support, the pressure, the people management, the customer service, all of those skills are so transferable. So you're 100% right to be able to look at those people like the engine room and then progress and develop your staff it certainly helps you retain talent. And part of the reason, I guess, why you were recommended to come on the podcast today. <laughs> what I'd be interested in um, learning more about is um, obviously you've got a great leadership style and um, one that um, I'd love to personally learn more about. Um, however I think and you touched on this before and you said I hope you're not going to ask me too many of these (laughs) Um, I'm sure there's been some um, challenges along the way um, where you know you've maybe got into some sticky situations or not you know things haven't quite gone according to plan and it'd be good to maybe one that's been like um, you know one that I guess you'll probably remember for the rest of your life like a life the one that still gives you shivers yeah yeah (laughs) tell us more about that situation give us an example and and I guess where what you learned from it and what you would have done differently in hindsight sure um yeah I I think the one I I go to there was there was a um a really large uh go live uh, of of a really major program um uh, and, actually, and, uh, and, and I was leading, you know, that program and um, got, got to D-Day or in fact, you know, a, n- a number of days of this, this massive cutover. And um, we've done everything you possibly can, you know, rehearse this thing and, you know, all, all of that st- good stuff, right? Planned within an inch of his life. Um, uh, but stuff always goes wrong in, in, in a cutover. That's just the way of the world. And, and it went wrong quite um, uh, badly at one point where, uh uh, we've been working at this for a long time uh, and, and we may have had to roll it back and we could we could have done that but this is a big deal yeah. really big deal and and I remember being on the phone to the senior exec at the time uh, and, and we knew sort of literally how many hours we had to go before we'd have to press the button and, and go back mm. which would be a huge 
it feels like a personal failure. It felt like, you know, massive mm-hmm. impact for the team to the business. Yeah. There was a cost to that. You know, it, was, it, was, it felt high stakes, really. And, and, and I think the thing that I, I really learned, and one of the things I'm, I think I've learned about myself is I've got a real be strong driver, you know, in terms of transactional analysis. I, you know, I'm uh, the one who's still marching, you know, with the rucksack after, you know, 30 hours being awake and, you know, per- personally shouldering the load, if you like. Yeah. And that's yeah. Sort of a bit about me. And, uh, but the realization is that, you, you know, you can't do it all. And, and I think that's a, a life lesson to me. It was a, it was a bit around leadership as I moved into more leadership roles about the, the reliance on the team mm-hmm. um, and, and the trust actually you need to place in them. And, and you know, I, this isn't um, made up seriously because I, I remember this is when um, it was in Holborn in London and this, there we were in the middle of the night. I'd, I'd literally been up to 36 hours, you know, and then you, you don't become effective. So I, I went to get a bit of rest and the only place that was a bit quiet was actually the prayer room. And, and it's not about religion. I'm not making a plug for that because it, it wasn't. It's just it, it was the only dark, quiet space. And I, and I went and had had a nap, and I left left it with the team. And I knew that by the time I, you know, I'd had a, a short nap, we'd either be, be there or be going back. And as it was, one of the techies in the team found the issue, fixed it. And, and when I woke up, you know, a, a couple of hours later, they said, "We think we've resolved it, and we're moving forward." Oh, and, amazing. And it was just, you know, I can almost, I can feel the goosebumps now um, <laughs> of, of that experience. It was, you know, I'd mobilised the team. I brought everybody in from home, home working. It was crisis time. There were, you know, 17 people on a Sunday um, uh, working on this issue um, and somebody made the breakthrough. And I think that just, you know, first, it was a massive relief. There's still a long way to go. And it was the big job to, to finish and to, to, to take through snagging and all that sort of stuff that happens in a post-life situation. But that, for me, was then that you, you have to trust your team um, and, and succeed or fail. And they'll, they'll do that uh, with, with your leadership, but you have to let, let, let them go. And I think that's maybe that. It's a bit of the um, frozen there, let it go. You know, you've got to... You, 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 you can tell I've got it. Also, right? uh, my, um, my, my non-exec director sings up to me quite regularly. <laughs> just in shit. I didn't know that. <laughs> I think that is a fantastic um, life lesson from a leadership point mm. of view. And it's it's so it sounds so simple, but it's so difficult to let go, mm. to trust. And, um, you know, for some of us who are in, I'm the same, I'm a control freak and, and it, you know, it's taken me a long time. The last couple of years, I think I've got a lot better at, at delegating. But the whole trust piece is it's something that. I have to work really, really hard on. Um, Can I tell you what you did in January? I'm having a break. It's going to take three months off work because she's so. so I started. I started working at 13. Um, I went to university, but continued to work. Worked my whole way throughout. I've been in recruitment for 19 years, um, and haven't really ever had a break. And I kind of just take everything on my shoulders Um, and it's been a tough year this year for everyone Um, and um, yeah so I've just basically decided to have a three-month break and allow the team and the leaders um, in the business to three months space without me and trust that they the business will be all fine we'll be your tech support don't worry. you can have a nap in the prayer room and we'll, <laughs> we'll help rescue the project so um, yeah no it's really good that was a really great story actually yeah. and I think even the fact about you saying that you went down for your nap even that there's just so much trust 
because you could have easily just i'm sure you're exhausted 36 hours about seafood but you could have just kept going yeah, couldn't you? but the yeah. fact that you enabled yourself to do that and your t- team knew that you trusted them that much so i'm, I'm sure that was part part of the reason for their success that's yeah. yeah and then you know that takes that takes you through then because you know when when you yeah. you, know, I, you know the more senior you get you can't you can't be in that but you have to ask good questions you have to be still be curious you know, you still got a responsibility and accountability. Mm. Um, but I built, a, you know, a fantastic team uh, in, in my last job, and uh, and then they, you know, build their teams, and uh, and and that's you know how how we sort of do it together, really. Um, but that that trust from you know top to bottom, and yeah, people make mistakes, uh, but we learn from them. I have. You just asked about it, um, and we all do, right? And, and that's an important part of, of, of growing and learning. You need to you need to make your mistakes, and you need to get your wins, and and, and learn from both. Yeah, well, it's good to hear when there's some, some successes as well from yeah. sleeping on the job. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Those were very well deserved. Basic powers. <laughs> so, um, I'd love to. Obviously, there's been a lot of pressures. That's a perfect example there of the stresses of, of the role, and and this year's been challenging for everyone. But I'd love to know um, about what keeps you sane and healthy, and how do you manage the stress of it all, Toby? Yeah, because you seem really calm and chilled and like, mm. yeah, I'm curious yeah. to know how you uh, manage it all. Gosh, okay, great question. Um, well, I, I, um, it sort of links us all, what do you do, you know, um, for fun and how do you de-stress? So uh, we've actually got five kids um, but, uh, between wow. my... Wow, um, that's so great. And ranges from seven to, to, to 20. So we, we, we've had a really interesting year because uh, we've got four at university and another little one. Um, so, so life's life's never dull, and, and and it's been massive journeys for the older ones as they've either been in fi- final years as, as two of them are, or first years as two of them are. You know, na- navigating starting university in COVID, you know, it's just very odd times, right? So, um, I'm not sure that helps with the stresses. Actually, it's added to it probably. You know, what, <laughs> yeah, what uh, but equally, trusting that they'll they'll navigate and find their way, right? Um, uh, but the, I think the little ones kept kept us sane um, because that's just how uh, the little one. Seven, oh, did you say seven? Seven, seven yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and, you know, obviously a long period at home, homeschooling. So, yeah, mm. all of those things, that I think, you know, back to that empathy and, and what people have really gone through in, in the last 12 months, you, you will all know um, how, how hard it's been for you and people you know of, of, of doing all that and managing work and, and home. And I suppose the, the bit around that comment of you seem calm, I guess there's, there's only so much you could do. Um, and I think as a leader, you know, that's what I've, I've said to my teams um, in this period is, you can't break yourself um you know work, work will still be here uh and and as you're taking a you know a, a three-month uh, absence but you know there are periods of time where i've had to say to people you're just going to need to forget about the work for a bit um and uh, whether that's a, a day a week or, or or working mornings and just to forget about the afternoon block it out because you, you're juggling things so I've, I've tried to hold the mirror up to myself i'm not always been great at that right and tell people mm. to to do things but practice what you preach <laughs> yeah and, and it's hard at times isn't it you know but uh, you have people to remind you um uh, and sometimes I think, oh. so i think what what's um you know one of the things i like to do is um uh, get, get out and about fresh air you know I, I like doing gym classes they were shut for a while um but but where that's not there you know doing them out in the garden so um uh financially i'm glad nobody's got a video of it but i, I do these classes called um body combat classes it's sort of a bit of martial arts and uh, and a bit of you know um aerobics uh, type yeah. stuff uh, and i started that with my little one so we're there doing, oh, um, so cute. doing combat wombat as we call it in you, you know <laughs> in the room in the garden uh so i think yeah you, you've got to keep saying haven't you and you've got to yeah. um i think more recently i, I 
you know, it took me a while because I, I think right at the start, that as I said, you're almost like you're locked into your office space, aren't you? And, mm. and it was, um, I had a long commute um, and actually realised I missed it um, because that was a decompressed time. You know, yeah. I'd have yeah. an hour um, getting getting home. And by the time I got in, I'd um, had a grumble about whatever was going on. You know, I put the worlds to rights. So I'd, uh, you know, li- listen to podcasts or I'd done the other things to decompress. And I, and I found yeah. that early period, it was a real... Um, almost like a, a, a clash of, of moving from from whatever you've been doing in your in your work day to, to home life with a seven-year-old and you know or teenagers or you know the different dynamic so realizing even just knowing that and acknowledging that you can then start to think about oh let's just take a breath before you know uh, launching into things and take a few minutes uh, and then you know more after getting out getting you know as we went into winter getting out and having a walk and getting some sunshine Otherwise, you start the day in the dark, then you finish in the dark, and you haven't done anything other than look at one of these screens. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so no, no, no magic tips, but just you know what, what works for you, and making sure you, you, you're kind to yourself uh, and to role model that with your team. Exactly, and you sound like you do that a lot as well. If you want to briefly talk about your role, then at, 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 on the board at Bike Night as well, just go into that in a little bit of detail for anyone who doesn't know about Bike Night and the great impact it has for action yeah, children. Sure. You, you said that you know the, the, the charity is Action for Children. Um, and I've only re- you know, recently been involved in that, but really their focus is about um, uh, focusing on the cause of youth homelessness. Um, so there's some fantastic charities you'll know of that, that work with homeless um, mm-hmm. and provide lots of support that's very desperately needed if you're in that situation. Um, but what I like and, and uh, think is um, brilliant about Action for Children is their focus on, on, on the causes. So what is it around relationship breakup, uh, challenging home lives uh, or the situations that you know, young adults find themselves in that is you know, none, none of their fault, if you like, and, and how to support them and also support the families to, to, to do that. So whether it's from a poverty angle and, and providing clothing and warmth and safety and security or, or, or other examples of like the mother and baby unit at a prison. Uh, where they're supporting in outreach as, as, as mothers come back into the community and, and how to help them bond with their child from that very early age. So they do fantastic work. We could do a whole podcast on that, right? Um, <laughs> uh, and, and I got involved in that a couple of years ago. Um, Bite Night, as you say, is the traditional event. That's a, you know, like a sleep out of tech leaders um, where you leverage your community and uh, twist their arms to come and join in. But once they hear about the work, it's not usually a lot of arm twisting. And then mm-hmm. some fun fundraising throughout the year. Um, and as you um, uh, have done yourselves, uh, sleep out in whatever the conditions uh, arise um, and, and, and raise that much needed money. And of course, this in this last 12 months, charity fundraising has been absolutely yeah. it um, because we've not been in the workplace. We've not been able to do um, those events in, in person. I know that from um, uh, the Action for Children and the Bite Night perspective, they did a boycott your bed, um, which is something similar to you were talking about earlier with um sleeping out in unusual places yeah. whether it's on the floor in the bath on the trampoline or, or wherever uh, <laughs> and I, I think that's sort of the, the, the future for you know the new norm um how to, how do we sort of do exciting different fundraising events that, that fire up social media with uh you know some great acts and things that are happening digitally as well as the you know the main fundraising but i'm really looking forward to you know in this coming year of, of, of being able to um do do the big events as well as the other activities and, and raise that money for action for children so, yeah. so yeah. anybody who likes to get involved in, in in that in yorkshire let me know definitely and keep us posted we got involved a couple of years ago and be happy to get involved um again although ellie might kick me afterwards 
punch me for saying that. I, I was the bravest out when it was raining all night and out there although I'm usually the girliest I still cracked all night. Yeah, a couple of people in tears yeah we had a few tears that night but do you know what it was brilliant and actually something that I definitely recommend for this year there's so many I mean tech is similar obviously we're more on the recruitment side of it but motivating your teams and trying to do fun stuff together is so important as a business and this year we've tried to think of so many ideas everyone's taking quizzes and everyone's you know I mean over certain things but as a team the past couple of weeks we've done a few things with local charities and actually we've had more fun doing that and brought us all together than all the different ideas that we tried to think of all year so I think mm-hmm. being able to support charities is, is is an amazing thing to be able to do and yeah it's really helped bring our team together this past year as well which has been fantastic so last question to finish off the, finish off the pod then 2021 hopefully it's much better than 2020 yeah. but I'd love to know um what you're most excited about this year and big plans for the year Toby sure so uh, as we said at starting I'm just brand new into a role at, at Masonite yeah. and so I think that's really you know the fantastic exciting plans for for, for this year they um uh, you know, l- launching their their strategy to 2025, um, and I'm going to a fantastic time to to have joined that business and to be really looking at the uh, exciting growth plans. So they've got some really ambitious growth plans. Um, it's around taking the next step in terms of the product and the consumer and, and um, making that difference in in the marketplace. Uh, so I've got lots to learn um, uh, as, as uh, about, about doors and and all things uh, related to that. Um, but I think what, what I'm most excited about and why I took the role is there's a great opportunity to shape the team, um, to really shape the uh, uh, the way technology is going to make a difference. Because that's what you know um, gets me out of bed each day. It goes way back to that that starting point of, of making a difference, whether it's, mm. um, as my dad keeps kidding me, all you tell me to do is turn it off and on, right? I said, but does, does it fix it? Yeah. You know, so, so <laughs> don't argue with science, right? Uh, but whether it's, uh, whether it's that sort of making a difference on, you know, the day-to-day of people's uh, interaction with technology or, or, or the bigger strategic pieces mm-hmm. about how you're really making that difference to consumers uh, in, the, in the market and, and how they interact with technology, how they shop, how they buy, um, how they talk to you, how they engage, um, you know, around customer service and, and uh, you know, all other aspects. So I, I think that's the, the broad picture, new, new role and a, and a 2021 to explore that. Um, and then I'm really excited, you know, more from the you know, personal perspective with, with everything the kids are doing. And as they start their journeys as, uh, you know, finishing uni or, or, or getting through their, their stages of life. So, yeah, really lucky. There's lots going on both, uh, you know, personally and professionally that uh, means I've got lots to look forward to in, in 2021. Fantastic. So great. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with us today. If anyone wants to reach out maybe about bike night or have a chat around your experience, Toby, is it best if people reach out on LinkedIn? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Start yeah. I'd love to, uh, you know, have, have lots of conversations with people about that. Awesome. I'm sure people are going to, yeah, want to chat with you and connect you after today. It's been fantastic yeah. hearing your story and such a fab leader. <laughs> Thank you very much. We would like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. It means a lot to us and we really appreciate your support.